The Well here on The Checkup is offering cup-filling human resource stories of innovation, bravery, and creativity. I'm Danielle Houston. I invite you to be part of this community and pull up a chair with me, whether you are sharing your own story or listening to someone else's. Thank you for joining me today at Wednesdays at the Well. My guest today is Dale Sirik. He has 17 years of experience in human resources. We met because he also spends a good amount of his time volunteering into the organization and the community of human resources. He's on the Washington State SHRM board in membership. So maybe we can also use this as a plug that if you're not a member of SHRM, why not? You know, where you can reach out to Dale on that. But today we're really gonna talk about the things that he's passionate about. We're gonna talk about employee engagement. And I think that is just one really great way to highlight one of the areas of HR that, you know, when Dale starts talking about it, we start talking about the things like, do we make this too hard? How can we make this easier? How can we make people feel more welcomed into our organization, into our community? And I'm gonna let Dale start peeling back the layers on that. But first, <laughs> welcome to the well, Dale. Thank you. And before we get you know, really into talking about how we engage with people, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in HR 17 years ago? Well, it's funny, I, I didn't start in this. I, I started in design, advertising design and spent years in marketing and sales roles. And But I really took to HR about 17 years ago when I was asked to write public rules and regulations for King County that, that protected access to employee benefits. And I, it was in that craft of HR, I really truly found my purpose and my passion, and that's in employee engagement. So it, it, it's always been an underpinning of all the work I've done, but it sort of solidified it. So it was very fortuitous to, to fall into it. And I, and, and I love it, so who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Sometimes we do just kind of accidentally stumble into our destiny by saying yes to unexpected opportunities. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about HR. You know, there are so many different um, facets and specialties. Um, you can bring your passion or find your niche and really develop that and offer valuable, valuable resources and ideas into your into your organization. I agree. So, you know, we've we've hinted at it here, so I'm just going to tee it up for you. Tell us what are you most passionate about in this space of employee engagement? Well, I'm employee engagement really has a component in each aspect of the the entire employee life cycle. So one of the things I'm really passionate about is that it really is holistic in looking at the employee and their path in work. But with a specific, specifically, I think employee engagement starts at the beginning. Like first impressions of a person you're meeting for the first time, we have those first impressions of the organizations we go to work with. And I think that's where it starts. And if we do that better and do that well, then we're off to a good start. And so that's 
sort of where my passion came from and where those underpinnings I talked about in, in my career before I got into HR was I was always fascinated how organizations didn't do it at all or didn't do it well. And then they wondered why people left, why that people weren't engaged and, and, and didn't, they didn't retain them. And so to me, it's no mystery, but, and so I found my purpose in, in fixing that. I, and I've done that everywhere I've gone and proudly. So, yeah, well, one of the things is, as we've talked about engagement and really what it means, one of the things that has struck me is that really at the core of it is a spirit of hospitality. And you describe it really often and, you know, draw the, draw the comparisons of inviting people over to a dinner party. Mm-hmm. I don't want to steal your analogy, but would <laughs> you, I mean, I just think it does a really good job of setting this up and also yes. doing this thing of making it a lot more simple than mm-hmm. maybe we try to do sometimes. So, you know, invite us, have us over for a dinner party. Well, a perfect example is this. If you're going to throw a dinner party and it's really important to you. And, and I would I would that would be the caveat because there's a, a great deal of importance to going to work, going to work for an organization, being there on that, that, that beginning. You're gonna make a plan. Here's a perfect example. I, I, I talk about creating a meal for someone. Well, you're not gonna cook things or prepare things for people that they don't like. And similarly in the workplace, I think it's my obligation to ask you what you need and what you want. And this can start immediately. When I'm sending you your hire letter, I, in, in the best case scenario, people have included a questionnaire that asks you how you want to be recognized, how you, what you like and what you don't like. What's your favorite food? What do you like? How do you like to be recognized? So on and so forth. People that do this well, it's not surprising when you get there, you feel more welcome because it's been customized to your guest. And that's really how I look at that, that, that analogy is that, and, and look at some of these, these situations where everyone can count a story to me. And I, I ask people all the time, tell me your best welcome scenario when you went to work somewhere and tell me the worst. And I you would could love, write a book about it. I'm, sh- I'm sure you could. And some of those stories would probably make a lot of us gasp, either because we Ooh. can't imagine that it happened, or maybe it's so nuanced that we're doing it all the time and we don't even realize it. Conversely, I have friends and colleagues that got to a place and they didn't have a computer, a desk, or a chair. Or they had just a desk and a computer, but no chair. And there was no chairs to be had anywhere. You didn't even get to sit down. or And it was completely absent of anything that helps someone to feel welcome. Yeah. You invite someone over to your house or any, any, your business, your office, you know, or you have to stand. We don't have chairs. Who does that? Right. And so you, I laugh when I say that, but it really happened. And so I think that's sort of fascinating. And we can fix those things. And those are things that we can do. Whatever you do. It should be authentic. It should be genuine. And some people uh, do a good job of their that, that introduction to an organization, but because it has lots of components to it, but it it's not authentic. It's not genuine. 
And, and employees know that. They know that there's something that's off in that. And so you can, my, my caution to people is, don't bite off more than you can chew. If you're gonna do something, even something small like that, make it powerful and personal. And be sure you, you can do it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I have a thought and that is, you know, often like, we are kind of being specific around this experience of an employee onboarding into mm -hmm. your organization. But, you know, maybe we should take a step back a bit and, you know, think about, you know, when you're hearing us talk about engagement, don't think that you have to wait to do these things when people are starting into your organization because we know as people who work in and connected to human resources mm -hmm. there is expected to be an even greater tidal wave of people who are resigning their positions and organizations to leave yep. and so much of the reason why they're doing it is because some of these really basic things that we're talking about people mm -hmm. don't feel seen or heard or appreciated so exactly. let's look at some of these basics and talk about how how do how do we do this and it's probably not nearly as hard as you know we might think and that's that's something i think we're going to talk through but dale mm -hmm. let's talk about the how mm -hmm. the first thing i say that i i i noted this I, I get asked this in interviews all the time like how do you tell me about a time that you really did something that illustrated you were good at employee engagement I said, well, I met all the key people that I needed to deal with in an, in an organization. Well, how'd you do that? I went and talked to them. How did you have time for that? I made time for that. Well, what do you mean? Aren't you busy? Yeah, but I'm busy doing that. It's funny how organizations say they don't have time. That's their number one thing. We don't have time to do this. But they have time to rehire. They have time to, to, to spend in the loss of efficiency and productivity. And that equates to hundreds of millions of dollars in, in the United States. But they don't have time to, to engage them. They, I, I said, so I, well, how did you find out what they needed or wanted? I asked. Yeah. Well, that seems awful simple. Have you done it? Yeah. Well, no, I don't have time. Right. Well, if you know it's important, then hire someone who has time because that's what they do. That wage will pay for itself for all the loss. And there's a way to compute that. And I can show someone how to do that. Here's a perfect example. If the organization is large enough and you're, you, I'm, you're coming on board and I, I have an employee engagement program throughout your employee life cycle. In the beginning, I might assign a group of successful employee partners or, a, or an employee partner. So find a team or a person who's successful and they become your sort of your, your partner. Answer questions about and fill in those gaps of what's being expected of you, making sure that they can provide that information and be another source of feedback for getting the tools and you know that you need to do your work to be successful and so and looking down the road those employee partners or partner 
that's part of their development. That's part of the employee engagement for them at their level where they are in that organization. So you, you're just using that to, to move through time. For these people that they talk about this mass exodus that's coming, in some cases it's too late. So you need to start over, but you need to start now. Yeah. So you can fix it, not for everything, but today is the day to start something. Yeah. And think about these things and make a plan. I have, and I have an example in that too, that, you know, I really hadn't thought about until, you know, you're talking about this idea of, you know, asking someone else to partner with a new employee. Well, you know, I onboarded into a new organization not even a year ago mm-hmm. during COVID when everything was done over Zoom. And, you know, my organization did a wonderful job of setting up meetings and time for me to meet all these different people because we are a huge organization, yep. right? Even if we were doing this in person, those kinds of meetings would have taken a lot of time. I would have traveled, right? Completely different scenario. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they also recognized is that they are so large, it takes a really long time to get to know your way around. So even though I have a lot of experience and I'm not coming in, you know, green, as we might say, I was assigned a mentor, someone who has been here for years, someone who said to me in our first ever Zoom meeting, call me whenever, text me whenever. If you don't know who to call for something, if you have any kind of a concern, You know, you just bring that all to me. I'm going to help you learn what it's like, you know, to navigate the specialties and the internal workings of a company. And he has been, I would, I have told him this before, and I would tell this to anyone. um, Jim Stabilito has been my life raft during this first nine months. And I know it's a time commitment from him. Um, but what a powerful tool Absolutely. to engage people and make us feel like we have a place and we have a person who sees us. Yep. Absolutely. And well said. And, and, and congratulations. You're working for an organization that gets it. And you can do this in a small environment or a large environment. You can do this virtually or you can do this in person. You, is there nuances that come with doing it in, in, in through, uh, virtually and electronically? Absolutely. But you can still do all those components. Um, still, go ask them what they need and want. You know, I, often uh, I've seen kits on, on LinkedIn, like, oh, I just started this new job. And there's this little kit of they've sent them uh, some things to remind them that they're, they're coming on board. And, but those should all have, you know, a link to something in the future. Um, do I need a, a pen from my organization that has their name on it? No. But if someone asked me and I had a collection of pens, I might be delighted. So it's very interesting. But that that, that partner, that, that buddy in, in helping you get through and navigate your new environment is invaluable. Because we all know, back to the dinner party, we all know that people keep their forks and knives and spoons in the kitchen. But yeah. where? You just need someone to show you. So you're a smart, wonderful human being that knows all of those things. You know where they are in your own kitchen. You're in a different place. So 
having that little bit of help is huge. It's huge. And the people that have struggled didn't get that. Yeah. And I think um, probably four or five years ago, I remember reading somewhere that you know, in exit interviews, when people were leaving and being asked a question about, you know, what what led to discontentment, uh, a very surprising number of those responses had more to do with personal relationships and not feeling like they had a friend at work. Yep. I thought, you know, there are some things that we do try to make so overly complicated. Your work can be really rewarding. You can be using your skill set really well. But if you don't feel like you have a place to belong at work with another person. Absolutely. Man, we're all just designed for relationship. Absolutely. And it is one of the most important elements of employee engagement. and one of the, the the big opportunities lost by organizations is this uh, not recognizing that. And some of that recognition you can get is from these peers, these partner peers that that can say, "Hey, you know, your your fears are founded, but you're better than you think you are." And you're not going to necessarily get that through a relationship, through um, a reporting situation, and uh, and that sort of building you up and making you helping you go on and allowing you to sort of vent and then let it go these are things that we we do in our lives and relationships throughout um, our lives so it's important to have that really important to have that work when i started the employee engagement process and became passionate about it that's always the thing that's been really uncomfortable for me is that having that best friend at work but it really just means someone that who's an ally and trusted and, and it's going to allow you to be uh, vulnerable without um, jeopardizing where you are and where you can go. In fact, quite honestly, it's going to do the other, the last, it's going to make you better. Yeah. And that's, I think, what's so huge. Yeah. So let's start at the top kind of and just run through really quickly. How do we do this? We make a plan. Um, one of the notes too, you say, if you can afford it as an organization to hire a firm that provides some tools, fantastic. But if you don't, right? One of the things you've also said is like, it's really not necessary. There's so much you can do, you know, with what you have already right. in place. Ask. So that survey piece. Um, do you have any good tips or maybe a place that you go to to start building your survey? Uh, you've already mentioned it. So I think every organization, unless you're just tiny, should have an exit interview program. Got it. And so those exit interview questions, why are you leaving, should fuel that, that beginning. Okay. And so I think that's a tool that has to be in place because if someone's leaving because they're, you know, they're moving away and, you know, this attrition or I'm retiring, so what? Right. But those reasons behind why people leave, you should capture that. That is gold. And you should use that as the framework to build whatever you're doing in employee engagement because it's, it's, it's teaching you something about the culture of your organization and, and it helps you easily dovetail into all your other your 
people operations strategies, or it should, it's going to tell you all these different touch points through that entire employee life cycle where you have an opportunity to make an improvement. Some and of it might cost a lot and yeah. some of it might be free to you. Yeah. But I like one of the things that you've mentioned that, you know, this is a free thing that you can do. Send that survey out and send it out with the onboarding letter, you know, the, the, uh, what do you call it? Like the offer the letter. letter. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you've, you've accepted this position and this yeah. is the stuff. Oh, here's how you sign up for your benefits. Well, here's how we want to, we, we are an organization that recognizes employees. We're going to ask you how, how to make that meaningful for you. Wow. What a compliment. Right. Yeah. Tell us about you. We know what your skills are. Now yeah. tell us a little bit about you. I think yeah. that's wonderful. So we're going to ask these new employees about themselves and what they like. Um, we would ask and have some volunteers within our organization to pair up with yep. new employees. And again, what does that cost? It's a time investment from your other sure. from your other colleagues who probably want to keep turnover low too, though, right? Right. Aren't we all in this together? Yeah, they're yeah. helping each other out in theory. Yes, we are. And then you've already touched on it, but being brave, I think, with these exit interviews to mm -hmm. ask some questions around why people are leaving and asking them about their experience coming in. Yeah. It's, it, and I've done hundreds and hundreds of exit interviews and I, yeah. it's the end of that employee life cycle and the beginning of their next one. But it's interesting that what you get from that, uh, it tells you a lot about your organization and how well they're doing. And, uh, and some things you can fix and some things you can't. Um, there's situations where by the nature of the organization that we're working with, there's just some things that you can't do. I can't pay them more money because I'm a nonprofit. You know, the, right. there's things that happen that way. So, but could you find different ways to compensate someone? Can you can you offer something that makes them feel like they're, you know, they're worth a million dollars even though you're not paying a million dollars? So, it, it it really is that simple. It's it's asking, and you have to do something, and it has to be genuine. It has to be has to be something you can pull off. It really, that's so, so important to not, uh, to take on too much, even if you can afford it. Because yeah. if it's not delivered in a way that's believable and understandable and genuine, it's lost. Detrimental, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the last point though, too, is hiring someone like you who can, <laughs> right? I mean, it's I true. If if you are an organization that's recognizing that, you know, this part of your HR practice needs some help, then bring in someone who can help develop, implement, and, you know, manage this process. Be the hospitality at work. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And someone like myself that can easily dovetail that into all those other uh, people operation strategies because each one of those components helps feed this. Yeah. Well, I will I will use this opportunity to also say that, you know, this spotlight in the well is also very intentional, you know, not only to help 
build HR community. Um, but Dale is looking for work and Dale would love to bring his skills into an organization. And I hope that, you know, if you're watching or listening to this today, that you hear the genuine way that he approaches this part of human resources and thinking about ways or people that you know that you can help and connect people in our HR community to their next opportunity and to that next place where they can drive meaningful change. So if you want to connect with Dale, um, if you are looking for someone to fill in a spot in your HR team, then I would encourage you to reach out to Dale. He is on LinkedIn. That is the perfect place, I think, to start having some conversation. And uh, and Dale is a very welcoming person, even on LinkedIn. I will say, you know, when, when I joined the Washington State SHRM board, uh, Dale was one of the first people that I connected with too, who was just open to getting to know, right? You were hospitable even in that SHRM setting. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. And um, I'm looking forward to the ways that we can help to continue to build our community. And one of the ways we can do that is helping each other when we're all, you know, looking for our next big gig. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate that. Well, I am. Um, super optimistic for you and what the future looks like and the fact that there is uh, an organization out there that will benefit greatly from your wisdom and your approach so I, i'm looking forward to that <laughs> well thanks for sharing some of what you're passionate about here and taking the time to uh, join the well on wednesday and with that i will sign off this episode Take good care, our friends and colleagues out there.